welcome to A Voice for the Voiceless, a podcast about endangered species. I'm your host, Jenny Sisler, coming to you at 9.25 p.m. on Monday, January 30th, 2023, from a cold and soon-to-be-much-colder Sunderland, Massachusetts. Uh, so far this year, our weather hasn't been too terribly bad, but we are going to get that bitter cold weird weather that is coming across the western United States right now and it's only supposed to be a high of eight and a low of six by Saturday but thankfully I will be in Los Angeles at a benefit for the William Holden Wildlife Foundation and thankfully it's going to be about 70 degrees there and partly sunny so I finally had good enough timing uh, for uh, my plans to get out of town um, you know, the weather changes here every five minutes. Next week, it's supposed to be rainy all week and in the 40s. So, uh, thankfully, I'm going to miss these two days because if I were going to be here, I would just be curled up on the couch under about 50 blankets, cursing the weather gods. So, thankfully, that won't happen. Uh, tonight, I thought I would bring to you a very intriguing creature that I uh, first heard about when I read uh, Stephanie Powers' memoirs, and I thought I would start with reading you a passage from them uh, to introduce the Grevy's zebra. The Mount Kenya Game Ranch was established as a conservation effort, and Don's capture unit was the finest live capture operation in East Africa. He received orders for animals from zoos and zoological parks all over the world, providing only reputable organizations with wildlife for their collections. Being adept at the lasso, Bill would join him on many of the captures. On some occasions, the government, in the form of the game department, would ask for help in areas where the species were being poached. My first safari was to be in pursuit of Grevy's zebras at the request of the government. Don and Iris had established a camp far into the northern frontier where the Grevy were on the brink of extinction. This was a long-term project that entailed the capturing and translocation of large numbers of these zebras to the safety of a national park in the south called Savo. The Grevy is a subspecies of zebra found only in Kenya, and it's defined by its large size, its many fine stripes, and its rounded Mickey Mouse ears. The effort was in its second season when we arrived. Don and Iris's organization of the camp and the capture unit was so flawlessly done they made it seem effortless. It did not occur to me until years later how difficult it was to accomplish. After having lived in Kenya for nearly 30 years now, I still marvel at how well done those camps were and how inventive the cook was in order to produce wonderful meals over a campfire. So the grubby zebra is one of three zebra species in Africa. And as Stephanie mentioned in her book, the Grevy is the largest and they're also the most distinctive. And sadly, the Grevy zebra is the most endangered. So as always, I'll start out by giving you some uh, fun facts and information about the zebras and then we can discuss why they're endangered and what is being done about them. Okay, so if you look at a zebra, you assume it's related to a horse. Um, they're actually not. The, um, the grevy especially is more wildly related to the wild mule than the wild horse. 
and part of that you can see in the shape of its head. It has a very long, narrow face, and that's more of a mule characteristic than a horse. Um, they are the largest of the wild equid species. And the stripe patterns on every grebe zebra is different. So the zebra's stripes are like our fingerprints. They're an identifying characteristic. Um, and as is the case with many animals, when the foals are born, they are reddish brown with the stripes. And then eventually the stripes will turn dark. Um, they are fairly big. They weigh between about 770 and 990 pounds. And they're about uh, 50 to 60 inches long and stand about five feet tall. And their gestation period is 13 months. Now, as with all wild equids, uh, they are a prey species. Even domesticated horses come from wild horses that were prey, uh, prey species. And they very much have the instincts that wild horses have to evade predators. Um, and the predators of a grebe zebra include lions, the cheetah, hyenas. Now, as small as a hyena is, I can't really picture a hyena being able to bring down a little, what amounts to size-wise is like a miniature pony, but hyenas are one of their predators. Hunting dogs, African wild dogs, leopards, and of course, humans. Um, they can run up to 40 miles an hour. And the interesting thing to me is that they do live in herds like wild horses, but there's not much of a social structure. In a wild horse herd, there is a very distinct social structure, but for the grebe zebra, they just kind of hang out and do their thing. Um, a stallion is more attached to the land and the territory than the group that it's hanging out with. And a mare is more attached to her offspring than any other female or male zebra in the herd. Um, but other than that, they, there's no dominance. There's no hierarchy to speak of. The males will exhibit dominant uh, characteristics when it's mating season. But even then, they're not, you know, they're not a kind of, the kind of species that's going to fight each other to the death for a female. Um, the newborns are amazing creatures. They can stand after six minutes, after 20 minutes after birth, they can walk and an hour after they're born, they can run. Um, they aren't weaned until they're about six to eight months old. And the females, the female offspring will live with their mothers longer than, uh, for less time than the males, excuse me. The Females live with the uh, mothers between about 6 to 18 months, and the male offspring will live with the mother for about three years. Um, they're water-dependent, which is crucial to what, part of the reason why they are endangered, uh, because they only migrate to grazing lands near water. So drought is actually something that severely impacts the grevy zebra populations. And historically, they were found in the Horn of Africa. They were found in Somalia, Ethiopia, Eritrea, Djibouti, and Kenya. But now, they're only found in a very small region in Somalia and in Kenya. And I found this fascinating because I suppose this just 
makes the whole Pangaea theory make sense, but there have been fossils found in China and Uzbekistan and South Africa that indicate that the Grevy zebra ancestors covered all of Eurasia and Africa at one point before the continent split. So I found that very interesting. But the one thing that I like the most is, well, how did the Grevy zebra get its name? Because the other two breeds of zebras are Chapman zebras and Plains zebras. Well, in 1882, the president of France was Jules Grevy, and he was gifted one by the king of what is now Ethiopia. And a French zoologist looked at the zebra and said, wait a minute, this doesn't look like any other zebra I've ever seen. It must be a new species. And that zoologist named it after the president. Uh, Grevy's zebra has about 80 stripes. Um, and it's interesting to me that they have stripes over their entire body, including their mane and inside their ears, but they don't have any on their belly. That's how you can tell a Grevy zebra from the Chapman's and from the plain zebras, well, it's one of the ways is that they have, they have the stripes, but their bellies are white. The stripes are only on the top of the animal, so to speak. Um, and as I mentioned before, the stripes are unique to every zebra, so they're like the zebra's fingerprints. And I did read that when a foal is born, it knows its mother because of the unique uh, pattern of stripes on her rump and on her tail. And that's how the babies stay with their mothers. They recognize the stripe patterns. Um, sexual maturity is, well, it's much like in the human kingdom. The females get there before the males. Uh, female Grevy zebra's sexual maturity is between two and three years old. And sadly, it's six years old for the males. And they have the longest gestation period of any wild equid at 390 days. And sadly, uh, there are only about 2,000 mature zebras in the wild in Kenya now. And I believe, if I remember correctly, I didn't write this down, but I believe that there's only about 100 in the wild in Somalia now. Uh, sadly, the Grevy zebra suffers from one of the most substantial losses of habitat of any mammal in Africa. Uh, part of the problem is they're grazers, just like horses, wild horses, domesticated horses. They're herbivores and they're grazers. So they're constantly in competition with other grazing animals and with cattle and other livestock for resources, for food and for water. And in Ethiopia, hunting is the primary cause of their population decline. But it's also been proven that drought, habitat loss, and disease, and fragmented populations also play a part in the decline of the Grevy zebra. But poaching and loss of habitat are the biggest. Um, now, there is no evidence that crossbreeding with the plain zebras is genetically uh, narrowing the species. Uh, there has been proof that Grevy zebras have started mating with plain zebras sometimes, but there's no genetic, uh, there's no muddying of the gene pool or weakening of the gene pool because the Grevy only passes genes to the plain zebra. They don't receive genes from the plain zebras when they mate. So at least 
there's still relatively decent uh, genetic diversity. <coughs> Excuse me. And so that's that seems like it's insurmountable if you think about the droughts in Kenya and you think about the encroachment of farming, uh, causing the destruction of habitat, uh, livestock. It seems like it's nearly it's nearly impossible to protect the grubby zebras. And as you heard from the passage from Ms. Power's book that I read, they've been trying to translocate and save the grevy zebra since William Holden was alive, um, which, you know, he started doing his conservation work in the 50s. So it, this is not a new problem, but we need to uh, act fast to be able to preserve the species. And fortunately, they are, there are a number of fantastic conservation groups that are doing a lot of great work in Kenya to protect the grevy zebras. Um, the African Wildlife Foundation is in partnership with the Kenyan Wildlife Service to put GPS collars on them so that they can be tracked in the Buffalo Spring National Reserve. And conservation efforts have greatly increased since the 90s. Um, there are now 17 community and three county conservancies in uh, Kenya. And the county governments also play an important role in educating their citizens about the Grevy zebra and what is causing them to be endangered. So there are quite a few groups that are doing good work. Um, one such group is called the Grevy's Zebra Trust. And I was looking at their website and they actually have very detailed and specifically actionable uh, goals that they are working towards. Uh, one of them is restoring habitat. So they use traditional livestock management methods to address the, the root causes of habitat degradation. They also have a group that they've put together called the Grevy's Zebra Ambassadors and a conservation council, which is made up of elders, warriors, and women from the Samburu and Turkana tribes who are trained in conflict, uh, conflict resolution and transformation so that they can teach members of the tri local tribes about the Grevy Zebra. And then also the Grevy Zebra Trust uh, does scientific research. Uh, they gather data from sightings and camera traps and they geo-reference the data and cross it with uh, GPS information to monitor the Grevy zebra numbers, their relative age, and the habitat quality. And it's a technology called the Spatial Monitoring and Reporting Tool. And because everything is done on based on a visual basis, um, it allows even the non-literate mem members of a community to be able to participate and to uh, be a part of conservation efforts. Um, as you know, we have all learned if we have paid attention to anything that Ms. Powers has said, education is key. So the Grevy Zebra Trust has scholarships to further the secondary education of impoverished young children in Kenya so that they will have the opportunities to learn about their environment and these creatures that they share their home with. Um, and then another thing 
that the Grevy Zebra Trust has done is established a group called the Grevy's Zebra Warriors. And what they do is they employ Samburu warriors to raise awareness and provide protection for the Grevy Zebras in the reserves. And, uh, and they also work with the, a group that is involved in lion preservation to protect uh, wildlife corridors that are vulnerable to development. So an important part, you know, okay, let's save the grevy zebras, but every conservation group, regardless of what animal you're trying to protect or what plant or what insect or what marine life, the main goal is always to preserve uh, land or ocean space. So it's good to work with other groups and the Grevy Zebra Trust has reached out to the Owasso Lions uh, Conservation Group and they work to safeguard wildlife corridors. And there's a, a oh, what is the word I'm trying to think of? There is a collaborative effort to reach out to communities through art and there's a group called Zebra People, and it's a touring art exhibit, which was launched, launched at the National Museum of Kenya, and it's photography that uh, the local tribes people have, it's photo photographs that local tribes people have taken so that they can share the beauty of the Grevy Zebra with people who may not have ever seen a Grevy Zebra before. And because of this, uh, there have been extraordinary strides made in protecting the Grevy Zebra. 94% of the Grevy Zebra Trust team is from the areas where the work is done, which is essential. You have to have boots on the ground. You have to engage people at a extremely local level to be able to protect animals that are endangered. Uh, the 9,860 miles were patrolled in 2020 by the Zebra Ambassadors and Warriors, and 1,532 acres of land has been restored by the Grassland Champion Women in 2020. So clearly there are very great strides being made to protect the Grevy Zebra, but there is a long way to go. Um, if you want to support the Grevy Zebra Trust, you can find more information online. Um, it seems to me like they really have put the work in to save these, these magnificent creatures, which really are a flagship species for Africa. Because when you think of Africa, you think of the savannas and you think of zebras. And especially the Grevy zebra needs our help now more than ever. It's been an ongoing effort. And it's one that's been going on since probably before William Holden became a conservationist. So I just want to leave you with that information and bid you a good evening. And until next week, I just want to remind you that you too can be a voice for the voiceless. Good night.